Hey there, listeners. Welcome to today's episode of E Pluribus Unum. I'm going to start off by reading a prayer that I then want to discuss. Here it goes. Eternal God, we ask your continued blessings for our country, the United States of America, a beacon of light, liberty, and justice in a darkened world. Sustain us during times of uncertainty, guard us from calamity, give us the courage to confront evil and the confidence never to yield to fear. Protect those who guard our safety, on the land, on the seas, and in the air. Enlighten with your wisdom those whom the people have set in authority, the president, his counselors and advisors, and those at every level who carry out the public's trust. May understanding and courage, hope and discernment, peace, prosperity, and goodwill reign among all the inhabitants of our land. And may your goodness and your message spread its blessings among us and exalt our nation in righteousness and strength. Amen. I will post that prayer to my Instagram for those of you who are following so that you have an opportunity to look at it more closely. But just think right now, is there anything in there that you disagree with? I should hope not. There's nothing political. There's nothing specific to a particular person. It does say the president, um, but I'm going to talk about why that's not particular. Anyway, so this is this is called the prayer for our country. And it is said in Orthodox and conservative and reform and possibly all different sects of Jewish synagogues on every Shabbos. And in the text is slightly different because it's sort of a, it's in English and it's not, it's usually not in Hebrew. So each synagogue may choose its own wording, but it's generally something along those lines. Keep us safe, help all of our inhabitants have peace and prosperity and goodwill and help the president and all of the other people in government, both at the federal and local levels to, to have wisdom in their day-to-day dealings and in the, uh, and the laws that they create and the work that they do. So the president, which might give some people pause because you think, oh, you're praying for the president and, you know, sure, Orthodox synagogues say it because maybe Orthodox Jews are more inclined to like President Trump. So they're saying it now, but if someone else is president, they wouldn't. But that's why I'm talking about this, because this prayer is said in synagogues, no matter who is in office, no matter which party or who the person is. That's why it doesn't have a particular name. And it's not even one of those prayers where it says, you know, the president, and then in parentheses, input the actual name. It's not. And I've never heard a name put in. I've only ever heard the president and then his counselors and advisors and everyone else at the at different levels, etc. I have wanted to share this prayer for a while because of that particular reason. So I have been to Orthodox shuls, and shul, by the way, is a Yiddish for synagogue, but it's that's just the word I use. Maybe I should create a dictionary of words for people who aren't so used to it. Stay tuned. Maybe that'll happen. Anyway, um, when Obama was president, this prayer was said. When Trump became president, this prayer was said. I'm sure it will continue no matter who was president next. And it was probably said before Obama. I'm just not quite old enough to recall it specifically. But the point is that the prayer isn't being said to pray for a particular person or a particular candidate. It's said because when you are in shul and if you 
are a true, if you have true faith in God, then you believe that your prayers get to him and you believe that his wisdom is what a leader needs to make good choices. And if you are a wise person yourself, you recognize that even if you don't agree with the person in charge, ultimately you hope that the things that they do are for the good because if not, you and your family and your friends and your coworkers and your neighbors and everyone else in the country and a lot of other people in the world have to deal with the consequences. I was looking up alternate texts for this prayer because like I said, this is from one particular shul that I go to, but different shuls and different prayer books or siddur in Hebrew have different, a slightly different text. And I couldn't find anything as good as this one. Uh, but I did find an interesting article where a woman, shortly after President Trump had become elected, a woman had written that she could no longer, I don't know if it was stand up or if she would just no longer say the prayer when it was being said in her synagogue on Shabbat because she didn't like President Trump. And I was struck by the level of pettiness and true wickedness, really, of that statement, because that statement is saying, I despise this person so much that I would rather they make bad choices that ultimately could harm millions of lives than be successful. The, I don't think, I, wicked is probably the best word for it, because petty doesn't seem quite severe enough, though it is also pettiness to think in that way, that your personal feelings towards a person should get in the way of them doing the best job because you don't want them to look good, I guess, because there are two consequences of them doing good. One is they look good, and the second is it's good for people, and certainly you couldn't be so awful as to not want them to do good for people. So so what this woman was saying that she didn't want him to look good. And I was reflecting on that because as I said, this prayer was read when Obama was president and I did not vote for President Obama. But I remember wanting everything that he did to just work out for the best. I was skeptical of many of his policy decisions and we certainly do not see eye to eye on how the world works or should work. Nonetheless, I wanted everything that he did, every law he enacted, to be for the good. And yes, it's partially selfish because I live in this country and I don't want my life to be changed for the worse. I don't want to be in danger. I don't want to be in financial ruin because of him. But also, I have family and I have friends and I have neighbors. And I also, because of how the United States is on the world stage, the president's decisions don't just affect Americans. They affect people all around the world. So I didn't want, I didn't support uh, Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act. I didn't, I still don't I think it was a bad idea, but I wanted it to work because it was passed. And so even if it wasn't something that I agreed with or thought was a good idea, did I want it to actually help people? 
obviously, did I want it to not cause financial strain for people or for the government? Of course, because I would be a terrible person if I said, man, I hate President Obama so much that I want people in this country to suffer so that he looks bad. No, you are a monster if you believe that. And if you can't, if you can't be okay with this prayer, which is so beautiful and also non-committal and that it's not, there's no particular party mentioned. There's no person mentioned. It's just, I hope that, or please God allow the president and every other elected official and also people who just work in government generally to have your wisdom to not make stupid choices, to make choices that will be good for people. I was, I think I mentioned that I've been wanting to share this for a while, but I was particularly, I thought this was a good time because over the weekend, for those of you who maybe don't pay as much attention to the news for your own sanity, and I totally understand, there have been calls for unity because the election is closer to being decided, though it's still not decided. And now that things have calmed down, we're supposed to unify with each other. So the calls for unity are coming from the left, which is, and I really don't like to use this term because I think a lot of times it's used incorrectly, but in this case, I think it's true. I think it's really hypocritical that a side and people who have been at the very least rude and mean and at the and at the worst nasty and canceling people and doxing people for not agreeing with them would now call for unity. Uh, you don't really have a leg to stand on and it's really morally reprehensible to call for unity when you have been so actively ununifying. And not only in a political way, but think about how people on the left try to break everything down into our into sex, you know, are you a man or a woman or into race? Are you black or white? Or are you brown? Which is not a race. Ugh, racism is so stupid. Um, so stupid. I'll, I'll just have to come back to that. But just remember racism on top of being evil. If you need any more, it's just stupid. Anyway, so the left is always trying to tear people apart, but now they're calling for unity. And I, unity can be a beautiful thing. It's not an inherently positive thing uh, because people, what are you unifying around? That's really what matters, not coming together. If people come together for a bad purpose, they have unity, but you don't want those people to have unity. Unity around good values, around God, around a positive mission, that's a reason to have unity. But just to call for unity period, end of story, is meaningless. And again, it, it's so hypocritical from people who have been... And I wish it were, if it were just people in the media or people at higher levels of government who were calling for unity that had been cruel and mean to people on the other side, then it would be... I do make a differentiation between your neighbor next door who's a different political party as opposed to someone in power who's of a different political party. But the disunity has also come from the neighbor next door. I have friends, had friends from high school who, after President Trump was elected, would not talk to me because I had voted for him and because they thought he was anti, because I think he's anti-Semitic and so they think I'm anti-Semitic, which is a little bit bonkers, don't you think, to call a 
Jew, a practicing Jew. For some of them, the only practicing Jew they knew, uh, anti-Semitic. So people have been ununifying themselves. And for those same people to call for unity is, is wrong. And again, the, you can't have a principle only when, when it work, when it's easy. I mean, you can, but then it's not a principle. Then it's just, oh, it, it's convenient. If unity is important to you, then you have to find a way to unify even when it's not easy. So if President Trump being elected made it hard for you to go to Thanksgiving dinner with your family, but unity is more important to you, then you would go to Thanksgiving dinner with your family. And even though you guys differed on politics, you would talk about anything else. So if something's a principle, you stick to it no matter what. But again, I don't think unity is necessarily a good principle. What are you unifying around? If you are a KKK member and you are unifying with other KKK members around being anti-Catholic and anti-Jewish and anti-Black, then that unity is disgusting and abhorrent to God. But if you are unifying around uh, saving unborn children, then that's a beautiful thing. So this call for unity and on top of being disingenuous is just meaningless, like so many things that come from the left. So at least they're consistent in that sense. I could get behind this call for unity if someone told me what we were supposed to unify around. And I would like to say, I think that I am in my own personal life. I do, I try to avoid talking politics. I'm very easygoing when people bring things up and I try to not make waves because I do think, I don't know if I think that unity itself, as I mentioned, is a good thing, but I do think that peace is a good thing and something to work very hard for. And if that means not getting into a political fight with, you know, your brother's friend or a coworker at the office, then that, that peace is a principle to me. So I work towards that no matter what, but I, I don't need to be told to be unifying when I've been kind and the other side is not. But if we are going to unify around unity, we need to pick something to unify around. And I don't know if anyone's asking or if anyone's looking for suggestions, but if they are, I'm going to recommend unifying around the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have done unto you. There are other things I could also recommend. Uh, God. That's obviously at the top of the list. It's really easy. If we can all recognize that God created the world, then it's much easier to recognize that we're all his creations and then to, you know, be kind to each other. Uh, but some people have a sticking point about God. And once you bring it up, they think you're some religious whack job who's trying to convert them. I'm not, by the way, but whatever. It's hard for people. So God would be at the top of my list, but we'll go down to number two, I think would be the golden rule. Just treat others as you would wish to be treated yourself. Um, I would unify around the preamble to the declaration. I think that's great. All men are created equal and life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those are all values that I can unify with other people on. So there are things, but you can't just call for unity without talking about where you're unifying around. And, or maybe just like this prayer, 
can we all agree that we want those who guard our safety to be protected? Do we want blessings for the United States? Do we hope that understanding, courage, hope, and discernment, peace, prosperity, and goodwill reign among all the inhabitants of our land? That sounds good to me. Can you, could you unify around that? I, I, I just find this prayer so meaningful and so neutral, but you're just asking for good. And I don't, I think you can have this prayer and you don't even need to, the, God is mentioned a few times, eternal God right at the beginning. And then a few times your is capitalized. So it's indicating God, but generally you could start this prayer off and say, instead of saying eternal God, we ask you continued blessings for our country. You could start it off by saying, I hope that this country has continued blessings or whatever. And it means the same thing. Anyway, I just really wanted to bring this to your attention because I think it's so important to recognize that no matter who is in charge of the country or the local government or whatever it is, we we should all hope that he or she has God's wisdom in his mind as he makes decisions. And if we are looking for something to unify around, this is it, that maybe we don't exactly agree on how the country can do good for its inhabitants, but at least we can all agree that we hope that the president and the government should do good for its inhabitants, and we pray to God that he allows that to happen. It seems like a good thing to unify around, right? I think so. Thank you so much for listening to A Pluribus Unum. I so appreciate it. If you like the show, if it opens your mind and improves your day, please share it with others because the wish with this podcast is to open minds and hearts and to help people have more positivity in their lives. Also, please subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review on the apps that allow it. For more of my thoughts and other ideas of from other people that I share, follow me on Instagram at conservative Jewish female, all one word spelled normally. See you soon. Thank you.